Seth Oliveris and your host. We're here for another episode of the Horns Down Podcast. Seth, we got a full lineup to talk about. How you doing today, man? Feeling good. Man, that was a that was a wild ride this uh Big Twelve season, but it ended the way I wanted it to, so boomer sooner. Oh, for sure. Boomer sooner. <laughs> Uh, Seth, without further ado, let's get to the show, and uh, I'll I'll let you have the floor. Give us your recap of, uh, you know, basically what you think. Man, uh, so it definitely started. I mean, I the the most ideal way I feel like it it could have started with OU jumping out seventeen zero lead and looking really well on on both sides of the ball. I mean, you couldn't really ask for much more because we all we all knew that Iowa State they're they're a legit team. They're le- a legit Big 12 contender, like they weren't, they didn't just kind of backdoor their way into the game, you know, and they obviously beat OU in the first meeting. So, yeah, they, they definitely proved they belong already. And they, they looked apart, though, definitely in the second half. They got a pretty good staff there. But, uh, yeah, I just, man, I, I don't know what it has been. It's like, it seems like there's just like a few games a season where, like, the offense kind of just goes in these weird spells where they'll be punting it like three, four, five possessions in a row. But luckily, they had the cushion to to kind of hold the uh, Iowa State back for as long as it, you know, until the very end. And the defense obviously just showed up. I'm I can't be more uh, proud of the defense, especially the defensive front. Like, but even this the the secondary guys for like for the mismatch that they were up against this week or this this past weekend, like. They really showed that you know they they can play better than uh, at least what they showed back in the first meeting, and they definitely did that. They definitely came through. There's a lot of guys that that deserve uh, you know some mentions following the game. So yeah, that's uh, that's just kind of my like brief, my like first kind of uh, just overview of what what we watched and what I, what I kind of walked away with from that game. But yeah, it's overall it's it's just. It's a damn good. It's a damn good way to end the the regular season, I guess. Oh man, uh, just to jump in and kind of piggyback off of what you said, uh, I thought it was a great game from the defense. Thought there were a couple of plays um, uh, that they could have made, a couple of drives where they could have, you know, did better. Uh, some of the scores, a couple of plays where they they kind of let up, you know. It's a big plays, I guess. But then again, how much more can you ask for your defense whenever, you know, offensively you're having three and out, three and out, three and out. You're stalling. You're moving the ball. You should be scoring, but you're putting your defense back out there saying, hey, go get us another stop. And, get, like, you know, hey, it's great that we can sit here and say, yeah, you know, in typical fashion that the defense is playing lights out right now. But at the same time, you know, I'd like to see that that offense get better week. And, you know, um, I think we talked about it today. I think uh, a lot of the problem is that, one, um, Charleston Rambo wasn't the alpha that we thought he, w- he would be this year. Um, you look at Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops has had a great year. But at the same time, I don't, I don't think that, you know, Drake Stoops is an elite wide receiver that's just beating people off the routes and, so, and, and such. And then if you uh, think about it, Theo Weiss was trying to find himself within the offense. And then Marvin Mims had an outstanding year for uh, as a freshman. But you're looking at Hazelwood, who's coming off a major injury. Trey John Bridges, who 
did not play any game this year besides this Big 12 championship game. So, and then you have a bunch of other injuries and guys coming back from um, from from for other injuries. I mean, Theo Howard. I mean, if you just think about yeah. it, you never got to see Obi. Uh, I think Obi Alu. Yeah, uh, um, Stogner missed the last few games. Yeah, Stogner missed the last few games, and I mean, when you just look at the the route tree, the the concepts, the schemes, and different things. Lincoln is basically Lincoln had a, a bunch of guys. He put them in positions to exceed, but I mean, it's just great coverage down the field. Guys are not open, and I mean, uh, Rattlers, you know, basically growing up and saying, "Hey, I don't want to force the ball down the field." That was something, but I mean, in the end, COVID did really, you know, conquer all because there's a lot of guys out there, especially some of the freshmen, um, and. and, and and, and other guys as well that you said, man, if they would actually had game reps, they would actually had a, a, a spring and, and a fall camp, like a true fall camp, man, these guys would have probably been able to contribute in, in, a, in a, a big way. But for what it's worth, you know, they got the job done. They did what they were supposed to. It's just that, you know, next year I'm excited to see what this offense looks like with uh, with a uh, you know Rattler having a, a year under his belt running the offense and seeing what his next progression is going to be, everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be full, uh, you know, uh, locked in, locked in and loaded. The rich get richer. We got five stars coming in. We got great talent coming in at, at the wide receivers position, and it's only going to get deeper. So you're looking at um, you know Spencer and saying, hey, it's, it's time to go. Um, my only downside to the game, honestly, was just. Um, uh, there was a few drives where Lincoln's play calling was honestly, it was just questionable because, you know, you had a third and one with Ramon Dre where should have had the, 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 you know, it should have been a, a quick handoff to him. Let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep going. There were a couple plays where uh, like the, the pass to Weiss, like, you know, you just look at that and you're like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like, are you guys actually being aware of where you're at on the field or what? So there yeah, was that looked like a, a freshman yeah, mistake a, made by a yeah, sophomore. Exactly. There were some there were some questionable plays by the players, the questionable plays by the uh you know play caller. So um it all in all it was a great game. Uh just to you know tag in on uh, I guess Iowa State, just my my takeaways from them. Thought I thought Iowa State basically the game went how I thought it would be. You know, we're up 17-0. I'm like, okay, we got this one in the bag. Brock Purdy, he showed his head who he who he truly was, who what I've been saying all along. <laughs> Brock Purdy will win you a game, but Brock Purdy will also lose you a game as well. Um, there are a couple of plays where I'm just sitting there seriously scratching my head, like, what was going through your mind when you threw that, man? So, I mean, not even the last play, but that one, like, it, it kind of looked like a little shovel pass, a little 10-yard oh, pass. Yeah. He was caught. I was just like, I didn't get the the – what were you even thinking? What did you see out there on the field? Um, you know, to hold Brees Hall uh, uh, to what, what was this, 18 carries for 79 yards, that's a great day. Those two touchdowns, so yeah, he worked for he worked for both of those. So, yeah. I mean, to make him work and do everything, because that's the thing. Think about it like this in basketball terms. Um, you can have somebody out there, okay, let, let's, let's, let's say, um, let's say uh, Kevin Durant, is is uh you're guarding Kevin Durant tonight, right, Seth? And they're asking you to guard him the entire game. Well, Kevin Durant is is averaging uh 30 points a game. 
And the thing that you want to do with Kevin Durant, you want to go out there and you say, okay, well, I already know he can score. Well, if you could have, if you could get Kevin Durant to take third, uh, if you get Kevin, okay, if Kevin Durant hits 30 points on you, but you made him go um, 13 for 40 <laughs> to get those 30 points, <laughs> you're doing a great job because you're making him work for his baskets. So he may have thir- uh, 30 points, but on 40 shots, that's terrible. So yeah. that's what you wanted to do. So the defense did that against Brees Hall by making him work and earn everything that he got uh, during that game. Um, and then last but not least, I just think that um, – you know, defensively, uh, they showed up and showed out. I really don't think that it had anything to do with the, the Big 12, uh, uh, you know, snubs uh, on the awards. Side. I just think that plain and simple, they went out there and they did their job. And that's all that you asked that this defense does. I mean, do uh, week in and week out, and that's what they did. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the defense and kind of what, what they do and everything, um, where is he uh, – the a guy who he's like not going to show up very much in the the stat sheet this for this weekend, but I think a guy who probably was like the unsung hero on defense was Perry on Winfrey. I mean, he he has been a monster all year, but I mean he showed up for this Big Twelve championship game, and I mean there was like at least two plays where he could have taken purdy's head off i mean there's one i think he did actually grab the face mask that might have been him but, but i mean the one player he almost got a safety after like and it wasn't like they were backed up they were like on the, that that play started from around the 10 or something but yeah like i mean he's just he's he's coming full speed like as soon as that ball is snapped right up the gut like i mean he is he is a load and yeah brock purdy was seeing number eight on every play his his first step is is extremely explosive. I mean, it's it's explosive, and when you have those edge rushers coming off of there, because um, you know, every other play, uh, uh, Perkins is gonna is gonna be somewhere sniffing around your nose, and then you already know that Isaiah Thomas is gonna be bringing that that lumber as well. Um, an interesting uh, interesting tidbit about that game. I don't know if you noticed this, but early on they had uh, Josh Ellison. And um, uh, they it was kind of like they had different packages for for like early down, late down. Does that make sense? Because you saw a lot of subs, yeah. especially around that D tackle position. You saw Perry on Winfrey and Josh Ellison kind of interchanging a lot. But you saw a lot of speed out there. It was the same. I mean, you would see um, Perkins and Isaiah Thomas, but then you would see Isaiah Thomas, and then you see Marcus Stripling. And it, it was just – it was it was great. I, I think that was something that I picked up on with the defensive line, just seeing those interchangeable guys and then seeing those edge rushers be able to just come off the edge. And, I mean – you know, hats off to the linebacking core this year. I think the linebacking core, um, um, I think that they were, I won't say that they were just stellar because Brian Asamoah had his highs. He had his lows this year. Um, I would say that, um, gosh, his name is, is, is Skipper uh, Sean White. Yeah, Deshaun White played solid all year. He didn't do anything that I thought was just like, oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. But he was steadfast in his position the entire year, so I, I applaud him for that. Um, but, I mean, Nick Benito came out there and he balled his ass off this year. So it was it was pretty cool to see that progression right there. But the linebacking yeah. court was solid. Um, I mean, just, just from the overall – 
I mean, you know, we're sitting here. The thing that I'm happiest about is the fact that I don't have to sit here and, and when that camera zooms out and I see one of these quarterbacks load up to pass the ball down the field, we're not, one, missing assignments and and, uh, and having blown coverages, and two, I can seriously sit there and say, all right, that's the 50-50 ball because I know that uh, uh, Woody Washington, um, I, I, I know that uh, Trey Brown, I know that Trey Norwood, hell, I even know that Buki, when he's in the right position, I know that they're going to have these these balls uh, covered. DJ Graham, um, guys like that. You know, I I, I mean, I mean, I'm missing names right now, but at the same time, I mean, it, it just feels good yeah. to be able to say that we somewhat sheared up um, these holes in our defense. And I definitely look forward to Florida, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, moving on, Seth. I, I guess what's the next thing that you want to talk about today? Well. Um... Let's see. I guess we could talk about. Uh, I, I, we could go right into uh, the Florida. I mean, I don't know. I I don't really have any other final thoughts on this 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 game, this championship. I mean, it's just kind of. I guess from like a like a big picture thing. It's just now that OU's got six straight. It's like, and this was clearly the out of the last six years. I'd th- say this was probably the like just the weakest overall team, even though it's got the best defense, the offense wasn't nearly the same level as it has been. So it just makes me wonder when will the big 12 winner be somebody not named Oklahoma because the OU, we all know OU is going to be a lot better next season. And honestly, the big 12 as a whole might not be as great next season because there's going to be a lot of guys, a lot of turnover, you know, Brock Purdy and Brees Hall are probably gone. Um, uh, from Iowa State, and you know that everybody at Oklahoma State's gonna be gone, but then it wouldn't matter anyways that they were back this year. But uh, you know Texas, <laughs> Texas, so like they still got Tom Herman, so that you don't even need to look at the roster to know what's gonna happen there. Um, so yeah, it's it's like it's just looking like it's. I mean, obviously the OU's gonna probably have that game where they just you know don't look like they should, but otherwise though, I mean to actually seriously stop OU, I. I don't see it happening next year, and I definitely don't see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing is that um, next year you expect OU to be favored by at least twenty to thirty points every single game that they go that they go uh, and play. Um, the games I I think that are on the schedule that you look at and you say, okay, we're gonna have to get past these games. Obviously, you say K State. We overlook K State every year, and they beat oh, us yeah. for two years. Um, uh, next year, Iowa State comes to us, so that should be good. Um, I, I mean, you know, Texas Tech comes to us, so we don't have to go there. Um, I think honestly, you're looking at Baylor and saying, okay, that's a game right there that we'll have to be up for because offense, I mean, defensively, they're gonna, you know, David Redden is going to definitely scheme something up again for us, but I think yeah. that the offensive line will be ready for that game, and I think Lincoln will have his uh mind right as far as not taking the um. I guess the foot off the gas with that right there and playing a really conservative game. Um, you know, shout out to Charlie Brewer for getting out of the Big 12, man. Hey, you know, congrats. <laughs> I hope yeah. uh, I hope Utah going works out for you. Going but, down uh, a level to the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then yeah, JV ball. But then uh, then again, uh, you look at Texas and you're like, you know, it's it's, you know, that's a game right there that, we just need to, I, I would love to beat the brakes off of Texas next year and send 
Herman on his way out. So yeah. speaking speaking of the way out, Seth, I, I think it's uh, I think let's let's go ahead and change gears and let's talk about the transfers uh, transfer okay. right now. Yeah, Hell, the the floodgates are coming. Last year we yeah. saw a mass exodus of players. This year I think we'll see. Um, uh, maybe not a, a mass exodus, but I guess we'll see a, a few people leave, uh, you know, leave the building, so to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it was, uh, yesterday, Sunday, uh, the first kind of ma- major, uh, notable OU, uh, player to, to announce his decision to enter the transfer portal, Tanner Mordecai, backup QB, which, I mean, I guess anybody kind of really paying attention, that one you can kind of see that one coming, especially with not only who he's behind, Spencer Rattler, who's going to be ahead of him for definitely whole, Tanner's whole career, but then who OU got coming in, who OU already has on the roster, I mean, Chandler Morris. Shout out to him, by the way, for scoring the, the first touchdown of the game. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just it's he he's a guy who definitely wants to play, but he, he proved that he's the team guy. He was – he, he wasn't just sitting there smoking this year, you know, when he, he knew he wasn't going to be in the spotlight. So he's a guy that I, I hope – I wish nothing but the best for him. Then uh, you got today, earlier this morning, T.J. Uh, Pledger, which uh, I guess that one – some running back was going to transfer. You, you just kind of figured it was – somebody eventually would have just – because that room is just it, – it stays pretty full usually, so somebody eventually will – just kind of take off but I mean it it's kind of similar to Tanner in my eyes like as far as like you know he definitely like he when he when he got his opportunities he, he like contributed to the team but it just he he's not he's not what uh OU would normally have as far as a future back he never will be so it's in his best interest honestly to probably see check out somewhere else maybe I don't know he's he, they got him from a INT Academy down there, I think in Florida, but I think he's originally from California. So maybe it'd be yeah. nice if he goes back out west or something. Maybe he'll find some success. Well, but, that's uh, the one. That's the one that I I, I think is kind of bittersweet. Uh, you know, I was talking to um, my uncle, my uncle Tristan, who I talk about an awfully lot. We had a a a, a heated conversation about TJ Pledger, and. He respects TJ Pleasure. I think he does. <laughs> but <laughs> he he pointed out, he said, he said, nephew, there is a difference in that offensive line whenever Ramondre Stevenson is back there and TJ Pleasure is back there. And he said that the offensive line will block if they know that they have somebody that they should be blocking for who can actually produce. And I said, well, I don't I don't get that because I felt like Pleasure did the best that he possibly could this year with, with the, given the circumstances that uh that were presented before him. So I mean, I we just had a, a heated argument again through text. Honestly, it was a free text, but it was heated because I I believe that if he goes somewhere like FAU, if he goes somewhere like maybe Cal, you know. Yeah, I think you're looking at somebody who could possibly be a thousand yard rusher. That's me. That's my hot take. Maybe I'm I'm way, (laughs) way far away from any type of common sense. But I mean, that's the type of faith that I have in 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 pleasure. If he's giving, uh, you know, just a a 
a boatload, you know, just a lot of snaps. If he's given a lot of the carries, then, you know, I'm rolling with him. I mean, I don't know what's your thoughts on that, Seth. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm probably like I'm. Not, I don't know if I would go as far as say a thousand yards, but I'm with you as far as like if he goes somewhhere where he's definitely like like right away is like the feature back. So so not like a situation where like when Abdul Adams transferred to Syracuse where he wasn't really the guy when he went there, he was still just kind of like another dude. But if he goes, yeah, somewhere where he's the feature back right away, and then it's an offense that runs at least forty percent of the time if not 50 or more then yeah he he's definitely capable i i would i would say at least in a full non like covid canceled year kind of thing like i could see him getting at like around 800 yards um which i mean would be amazing cuz i think throughout his ou career in three years he's around like 6 or 700 and so it's for him to like more than double that in one season somewhere would be amazing well, you know that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see where, where he lands. I, um, I, you know, I mentioned to you this morning. I think that uh, from, from what I saw on Twitter, I, I thought that that was uh, great from some of the comments that the, uh, the OU fans made. You know, why not go to, uh, why not go to Tulsa if you're Tanner Mordecai? I mean, it makes complete sense. Um, I would love to go- see that. Yeah, you could go to the American uh, Conference and, I mean, probably wreck shops. I mean, seriously, like, you could do some damage. And especially at Tulsa, we already know that Zach Smith is, um, well, <laughs> you know, hey, he, <laughs> he's serviceable. Serviceable at best. That boy couldn't get the side of a born if he tried, my goodness. But um, I think that Tanner Morikai would flourish at a place like uh at a, at a at a place like Tulsa, um, as far as other guys that um, you know we we see transferring, I think you said that you heard something about Charles Rambo. I mean, I'm not sure yeah. if you have anything solid on that, but uh, nothing. I haven't looked in the last like maybe two hours, but this morning my boss, uh, uh, editor for Crimson and Cream Machine, him and another guy that we uh, work with, they both heard from different sources that. Uh, it's looking like he'll he'll announce too probably within the next day or so, um, but I mean obviously it's still uh, speculation. But um, I, I tend to trust those guys because like, they've kind of broke some stuff to me before. Like um, like I remember hearing about C.D. Lamb wasn't going to play in the uh, Baylor game last year in the, the regular season game, like way before like because he was warming up and before that game, and then the, the only when the public really found out he wasn't going to play, it was like kickoff. But uh, I I'd heard about that from those guys. And there's a couple other instances where they've kind of, uh, you know, used their sources, which I don't know who their sources are, but <laughs> I, I tend to lean towards they're, they're usually right. So, uh, but yeah. And if it does go end up being true that, you know, Charleston Rambo hits the transfer portal. I mean, we were talking about this through text earlier. He's, it's it's not it's definitely not gonna hurt OU's receiving core like at all. But like I mean he he really had a, he he really had an opportunity this season to to kind of really cement himself as like one of like the the main playmakers and like weapons at OU. And I it just it just he just never took that step. And if anything, he it looked like he kind of regressed for whatever reason. I don't know if it was a an injury thing or he was like good enough to play but he was just never like strong enough to like make plays i don't know what it was but 
He just it, it seemed like every time the ball was thrown his way, he was just struggling to make the play. Like he would always, you know, it, it was like worse than a 50-50 in his case. It was like the DB had the advantage almost half the time. So I don't know. It's it's one of those cases where you look at a guy like Charleston Rambo and you say, is he better in 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 the uh excuse me, is he better playing the role of Batman or is he better playing the role of Robin? Oh, that's because that's a good point. Go yeah, because no, I mean, last year, your point. Yeah, last year, you know, you had CD Lamb, who uh, you can piggyback off of. This year, you were the guy. So, um, and 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 playing that position that he did on the offense uh, is, I think, it's the was it the why? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I always get mixed up in, 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 uh, in that early on in the season. I'm just like, well, I know he's the one. But yeah. uh, I just don't know. He wasn't a true one this year. I think that, that role is, is honestly is, is – I mean, Jaden Hazelwood's for the taking. I think you'll see uh, Hazelwood run run those plays. And I think you'll mm-hmm. see – I think you'll see Theo Weiss kind of uh, – I think you'll see Theo Weiss um, kind of step into the light as far as – because to be honest with you, I think Theo Weiss has another gear to get to. I think he's faster than what he's shown. And um, obviously, I think Trajan Ridges, I mean, I, I think the world of him, man. I, I just see somebody who really had a, who missed the opportunity to have a, a season, you know, not and honestly not by his own doing. Um, you know, I saw something on Twitter where some people uh, – some people thought that, you know, obviously Rambo would possibly try to transfer, but then they, you know, they started questioning, you know, do you think that Hazelwood or Bridges transfer? And I'm like, no, why would why would those two even transfer? Yeah, like you're coming off a significant knee injury, then you're coming off of a, a missed season that was in part, uh, you know, no no fault of yours in any part. So, um, I guess as far as just other, you know, guys that you, that you could potentially see transferring, um, we talked about Robert Bournes, um, uh, Justin Brawls, possibly. Yeah. Um, maybe some, maybe some old linemen. Uh, yeah, maybe some old linemen. I mean, with, with Wilkins um, uh, opting out. Um, yeah, that looks like he might. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you're – I mean, I'm not really sure who all is, is, is going. So, I mean, you know, maybe there's – you know, I, 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 in my opinion, I think that uh, – I definitely think Justin Brules, uh should transfer somewhere. I think that he could, he could you know, be useful to another team. Um, I think that Robert Bournes – I like Robert Bournes. I always like Robert Bournes. I thought that um, – <laughs> now this is crazy. I didn't want to say this. I don't want anybody to think that I'm, I'm crazy or whatnot. But I thought that Robert Boards could be our poor man's version of Isaiah Simmons. That's what I was hoping that he would turn into this year. But um, I'll leave that there. <laughs> but um, I think that Robert Boards should basically just say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to drop this weight and go back to my natural position of, uh, you know, safety, and I'm going to do my thing and do it and end my career on my terms." Um, 
But I mean, it's all about scholarships. Like, you know, who's coming? Because I mean, next year that that linebacking core with those freshmen that got a chance to play this year a little bit with Shane uh, Whittier and um, the kid from Michigan Walker. Yeah, Brendan Walker. You're um, and then you got Clayton Smith. That's come. I mean, you got some yeah. guys. You got some guys that are coming. So defensively in that linebacking court, you're gonna be fine. So you look at a guy like, um, uh, you look at a guy like like Robert Gordon to say, I think I think it may have passed you up. I mean, hell, Caleb Kelly is coming back, and if Caleb Kelly can stay healthy, he's more <laughs> likely gonna get snaps over you just because of his knowledge base. And yeah, so, he's the, he's the smartest dude on the field. Yeah, he's going to be the smartest dude on the field. So you kind of look at yourself like, you know, where do I actually fit into this scheme now, Coach? Yeah. And um, Justin up. Rolls just another guy that you're looking at like, you know, Buki has his his hands all over that position. Justin Harrington should be the one that plays a lot next year. And then you're looking for a guy like, uh, I think, uh, Bryson Washington and, all, and all, all those guys. I think you're looking for them to take the next step and actually be contributors next year and see see those guys out there. Um, in the yeah, in the um, secondary, yeah, Jeremiah Jeremiah Cradell got a lot of time this year. To be honest with you, he was quiet. He was quietly good this year, solid. Whenever solid, he's out yeah. there, you never heard anything about him. So, you know, um, there's definitely some scholarships that are up for grabs. If Rambo leaves, I mean, he leaves. Uh, I hate to see, you know, sad to see it was, you know, the last of that. That 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 what I think twenty seventeen recruiting class yeah 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 because it was the same class as uh Lamb I yeah. remember when that was Lamb was a he he tore it up as freshman in seventeen exactly so you know hey hats off to you but you know that that it is what it is um is uh is David Aguebu he he should be back too right it was a, in the like he's like in the, the I, mic right now. Yeah, Something. David Aguebu, David Aguebu should I think he's what like a he should be a true sophomore. I mean him and Benito okay. are true sophomores, yeah. Wow, man, that's that is scary. <laughs> Just, yeah, both dude. of them they played yeah, because they played last year. Um yeah, they played an awful lot last year when John Michael Terry went down. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because they were they were they were big in, in the um, in the Baylor game, the comeback last year, and then they were big in the um, in the uh, uh, the the Big Twelve championship game as well. Um, I, I guess you know the we'll see. Um, you know who transfers and who doesn't, who stays, and you know what goes on because there should be a lot of shuffling and everything, especially with this new legislation is coming where everybody gets a one-time pass and can become immediate, immediately eligible. Um, as far as some of the opt-outs are concerned, I mean, at this current juncture in time, do you foresee him coming back and do you want him to come back? And I'm talking about Kennedy Brooks. Oh, um, I think he's, I don't think he's coming back. And, but if I could, if I could like say whether I want him to or not, or, or would I want him to? Man, um, I don't know because I was looking at the uh, running back. Like, let's say, like, let's say Ramondre Stevenson. You think he goes? Because if he goes, then I would definitely want Brooks. Yeah, I would. Yep. But, um, um, if he's not, if, if Ramondre is back, then I don't really care who else is on the on the the roster. Obviously, you you want some depth, but. I mean, I just I feel good with him as the the one the starter. Um, but I mean, I, I think I'm kind of ready to to move on from Brooks in either way. 
I'm the same way. This is this is a point that I heard today that I thought was that I thought was really uh you know kind of well illustrated for us. Um, and and I want to hear your thoughts about this. So when you look at Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson, you have two uh, players who obviously could go to the league, grade out, and and get drafted pretty highly, right? Yeah. So with with Ramondre, you're looking at Ramondre and saying, okay, you're not going to be a first round draft pick. You're likely to be a uh, second round, third round type of guy if you can, if your uh, forty is there, and if you can, um, you know, we'll put your tape on display. Um, somebody will take you. But you're looking at him and you're saying, okay, well, shelf life for a, a running back is not that long in the NFL. So it probably would be best for you to go ahead and go now. You're not going to – your ceiling is 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 as high as it's probably going to get. Maybe there's some things that you can fix in your game by coming back for another full season. Um, but at the same time, you know, we'll work with you on that and everything, and you'll be a great third down back. Maybe he can show that he's he's more elusive. Maybe he can put a, put a full season together. So I, I'm going to likely see him coming back. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped just to go ahead and make the money now opposed to waiting and taking more hits and more uh, damage to his body. Yeah. Um, so to say, but at the same time with the way that he runs and it's, it's how fluid he is at that, at that size and that speed and the way he uh, has defenders bounce off of him, I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to come back and, and finish this season out. Um, as far as Perkins, you look at a guy and you say, okay, well, if you go and go to the if you go to the combine this year, you're gonna grade out. You're going to grade out. And you could possibly see yourself as maybe a early second round guy to a late first round guy. But if you came back to OU, you're going to be courted by everybody in America as probably the top defensive uh, end or defense D lineman in the country. You're going to be courted as most likely the Big 12 preseason player of the year, an um, All-American, uh, yeah. a national All-American, you know, NCAA All-American. You're going to be courted as such. And you're going to be up for a lot of awards if you could put a, uh, a, season, a full season together that's not played with injuries or anything like that. If you do your job and do that, you could possibly see yourself sneak into that early half and be a lottery pick in the draft. And what does that mean, folks? That means that you're looking at a difference of a few million, a few more million dollars or a lot of more million dollars uh, um, that he could possibly make. And so it kind of works to his advantage to say, all right, I'll come back next year and be the guy, be that dude, and I'll bank on myself and say, all right, I could have went next year. Uh, I mean, I could have went this year and, and been maybe a day two guy or early, you know, a late first rounder if possible, or I could go ahead and be courted as such in this next draft and just do what I need to do. So, um, you know, what are your thoughts about that, Seth? No, you you hit all the, the points for sure, especially with uh, Ramondre. uh yeah, like I, I think it, it's probably the the wiser move for sure for him to, for him to 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 go on. Um, even though I think there is some benefit, it's not like there's just no benefit at all for him to come back. But it, I think it would just maybe make a little bit more sense for him to go just because of how running back position is. You know, shelf life, like you said, and, and all that. And and I mean, he's re- he at, he's at least shown enough that like 
there's enough tape out there where it's not he's not just a complete unknown. Um, but then yeah, with with Perkins, man, yeah, I think yeah he if if he he really does, especially if he has a full season. First of all, not just half a season, but then like a full season of playing at the level that we know he can play at that he usually plays at. I mean, yeah, his guy, his his draft stock could be, yeah, like in that top fifteen, maybe even top ten level, which is, I mean, you, he's not there right now for sure as far as like his draft stock, but yeah, if he if he came back and he, if he was there, it would it would just make that would be that would prove to be the right move for sure, and I think that's what he stands to stands to gain by coming back. I mean, and the thing about it is, is that he wouldn't be coming back to a defense where he's trying to – how should I say this? Like carry the defense? <laughs> yes. Perkins will come back to a situation where he can actually say, okay, not only am I going to direct shop out here, but I'm also going to be able to take time and develop my game personally because I know that Benito, Deshaun White, Asamoah – um, Clayton Smith is coming in, Shane Whittier, Brennan, uh, Brennan Walker, like we talked about. I know that Perry, Perry Young Winfrey, if he comes back, I know Thomas. that Isaiah Thomas, um, I know that Marcus Stripling, I know I got guys that I trust on this defensive line that are going to be there and have my back, and I'm going to be able to uh, go out there and, and just do what I want to do and just run free and, do, and, and, and just ball out. I know that on the back half of the defense, um, I'm not going to uh, be playing for a defense that's going to give up a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to be out there, be able to just go, go, go crazy. One stunt, go. Two stunts, go. Whatever it is, you know, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that it would benefit him to come back. I think, honestly, it would benefit Ramondre to come back because the thing is, is that you're looking at Ramondre. If you're Ramondre, you're saying off, uh, offensively, we're going to have him hella weapons uh coming back and 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 what you're looking at you're saying and then i'm possibly going to be playing uh beside the number one draft pick in next year's draft if he does what he needs to do and he progresses further so you're not coming back to a bad situation you're coming back to a to a blessing honestly because it gives you guys um uh an example to showcase your ability every game is going to be a prime time game regardless if it's 11 o'clock or if it's um, no, um so. night, night game, yeah, it's it's going. Everybody's going to have their eyes on OU next year because everybody's going to want to see. Can you? Are you guys going to show up and show out? Are you guys going to show up and play amazing and then um, you know blunder down the stretch on one game or two games or so? What are you guys going to do? Because everybody's saying that you guys should should be, uh, be able to not only uh, make the playoffs, but actually compete this time when you go and actually pres- be a problem. Because you have Kirk Herbstreit, who was basically saying, oh, you should be up here in this playoff. Oh, you should be, oh, you should get some heavy consideration. They're not a team that anybody wants to play. And so that was uh, – but, yeah, that was that. So, I mean, like I said, Tom will tell about the transfers, um, the opt-outs, um and hell you know who's returning so um uh, with that Seth um you know I I guess it, it's time to go ahead and go to the you know, <laughs> hold on let's let's talk about this right here what the hell was up with Matt Campbell during that game <laughs> I think we almost forgot about that what the hell happened to that man he uh he was I think he was looking for it because he lost his mind I think that he oh. it was it was that was uh, I mean it was like as hilarious as it was to watch it was just like 
it was just shocking because like I mean I don't I don't I've seen, I've actually seen him I think it was in the Iowa State they played a bowl game against I think it was Washington State a year or two ago and he he kind of had a not a not the same level of a reaction but he did have a, a blowout moment. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't anything like we saw on Saturday. But, yeah, so I've seen a little bit of that from him before. But, yeah, this it still felt so – because it was so extreme. It just felt really out of character. And then just like – and then it wasn't it, – I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's my crimson colored glasses, but I don't think it is. It didn't seem justified. Like, I think – like, I if if – OU would have touched, made contact with one of those OU, uh, those ISU linemen or something on that offsides. They, then, yeah, obviously, and the refs didn't flag them. Then, obviously, yeah, or like if they would have snapped the ball and then there's no flag, yeah, go nuts. But I don't, OU didn't break any rules there, and I don't think the refs, you know, helped out OU in any way because I don't think there was anything there. It, it almost, but there wasn't. So for him to get that mad over something that really I don't even think was justified i just it was that was just the craziest scene i think i've seen all season <laughs> you know a lot of people say that um a lot of people say that they they a lot of people say you know yeah that's the type of coach i want to play for and i say hell yeah sign me up but that was hilarious i was just <laughs> like are you serious what are you doing bro what are you doing and then I, I think that was the drive where uh, Purdy threw that uh, pick as well. And I was just like, yeah, yeah sit your – I was like, hey, you see those three seats in the back? Pick one and sit your ass down, boy. <laughs> God bless. I was yeah. like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, But, you know, for the moment that everybody's been, been uh, you know, waiting for on this show, let's go, I guess let's go ahead in these last, uh, you know, 20 minutes, let's talk about um, – and yes, I realize this podcast is running longer, but I mean, hey, let's lay it all out on the table. But Florida, man, what's up? <laughs> hey, you know, I think we all wanted or would have, you know, if we could have our dream scenario, if it wasn't going to be in the playoffs, we would have liked to have had A&M. But I'll take Florida for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely I'm definitely uh, up hyped for this game in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I mean, let's go Kyle Trash. I mean, Trask. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what's up. <laughs> I I I you know the one thing that I'm eager to see, uh, one thing I'm eager to see in this game is how OU responds to a quarterback that is going to try them vertically. Because if you look at um, if you look at uh, Florida's offense, Florida runs, and, and this okay, I'm, this is this is two part what I'm about to say. Okay, first part of it is is that Florida runs a lot of um, like basically go routes, what I would call. Um, not even go routes, but just post routes, deep posts, uh, uh, deep slants. It's a, it's a lot of stuff. It's nothing that's, uh, you know, highly complex or whatever, but they have a bunch of guys that, that have their sneaky, that have uh, sneaky speed and who are also just, um, they're go-getters. And, you know, you, you've seen that all year. I mean, just look at what Kyle Pitts has been able to do. He's caught a lot of balls in traffic. I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, he was just wide open on every play. That he, It looked like that, but – I mean, he was battling for position, and, I mean, some of those throws were contested. He just came up with them. Um, then on the other end of it, I think that where I say that Kyle Trask and Florida, they play right into OU's hands is Florida likes to use a lot of bubble screens. They love to use a lot of screens for Kadarius Toney, 
Grimes, Pitt, it doesn't matter. Honestly, they line everybody up and they will use a lot of screens. And I mean, obviously you've seen with Grinch, if you go back to last year's game against uh, Texas, if you go to this year's game against Texas, anytime anybody's running screens against uh, OU, they're highly disciplined and they blow, they blow that, they blow that shit up. Like, I mean, they really do. Um, I think that you're looking at a running back by committee type of approach to the game by um by uh Florida you're not really looking at just an elite running back that's in that group um you're looking at a quarterback that um he presents problems if you ask me who I would compare Kyle Trask to in college I would say that he is a <sighs> Seth I'm so sorry his name is skipping my mind he was a quarterback for uh for Oklahoma State they got into it with um, uh, ah, who was this guy? What, what year was it around? Oh, oh, it was um, a few years ago. A few years ago, not this year. It was the quarterback before uh, Cornelius. Yeah, Rudolph Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he reminds me. getting into it with yeah. Miles Garrett. <laughs> You're going yeah, exactly. <laughs> he reminds me of he reminds me of um, of of a Mason Rudolph, and I. It's hard to say who's more accurate, to be honest with you, because they both excel with throwing the deep ball and for set, setting their teams up, honestly. But that's who I see them going against. I mean, that's that's pretty much. I mean, OU's used to playing teams like this because they – I mean, this Big 12 football it hasn't been Big 12 football as of late because there's been a lot of emphasis placed on, um, you know, on defense for a lot of teams in the Big 12. That's the reason why you've seen lower scoring games and you've seen teams – um, look like they, I guess they're struggling or whatnot when they're not because, you know, you're not used to having these. You're used to having, uh, you know, 66 to 56, 68 to uh, 58 type games. You get what I'm saying? It's, yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, that's just the way it goes. But um, I'm not really scared of Florida. Florida, regardless if they have uh, Kadarius Tony or they have Kyle Pitts, I know Kyle Pitts has already declared for the draft. I think that um, Kadarius Tony is probably a game time decision away. But if the game is actually played, um, I think that Florida presents us problems on offense and defense, to be honest with you, because the thing is, is that they don't have an elite defender. I feel like maybe I haven't watched enough Florida football, but at the same time, um, Florida has speed. Florida has an SEC speed. They're going to be flying around just as much as we are, and they're going to have the same opportunity to actually see tape on us. And I'm sure the tape that they're going to be watching a lot is uh, that Baylor game. Uh, I'm sure they're going to be wearing a lot of delayed blitzes. I'm sure they're going to be doing those things. But I think that Lincoln uh, will have something set up for that. That's the one I'm not worried about. But defensively, I think that they um, – I mean, offensively, I think they present us some problems. Um and I think it's going to be just kind of a game of adjustments. I think that you'll see this game kind of go back and forth a little bit in the first half, and then the second half, I think OU will probably pull away. And I have them winning, uh, I think I told you today, 35-14. Uh, I see it being like a 17-14 OU lead going into this, uh, to the second half, and then OU coming out and uh, putting kind of the finishing blows in that third quarter and the fourth quarter just kind of going back and forth with them. Oh yeah, man. I I mean, I want to see it for sure. Uh yeah, one thing I was looking at just kind of like 
watching some of their uh, or looking through some of the Florida stats and stuff just to, to kind of on the season, I was pretty surprised to see just kind of how mediocre, if not in some places, kind of poor the the defense is, at least in the numbers wise. Obviously, like you know, you gotta you know it's about matchups and who the guys on the field and everything. But I mean, they're giving up over four hundred yards a game, like you know, and, and it's kind of it's pretty balanced between passing and rushing. Over two fifty passing and almost one fifty rushing, which that's kind of like the ratio is not exactly like OU's where OU's giving up about 240 passing but under 100 on the ground but but then yeah they're also giving up almost 30 points a game and I'm just I'm just thinking I don't know where how many elite offenses did they actually play is because like they so they played Alabama but then they uh, A&M would, would that be an elite offense I guess this season but uh, I don't know after that I just it's like kind of puzzling to me to see that they just they were kind of giving up points on almost you know every game it seemed like they're just giving up kind of chunks and who knows maybe I need to watch those games and see maybe a lot of those scores and yards came in the garbage time when they were up by so much but I mean if if, if not I I can see this almost as like the game that OU's offense finally looks like OU's offense again after the last two games um, and then defensively I think Honestly, I think both defenses are going to make plays, but they're also going to give up some plays. So, if anything, I'm I, I'm kind of predicting this game to be kind of a classic Big Twelve shootout. Uh, so, I, it's kind of like a first to forty wins in my eyes, and uh, just a real preliminary. I'm I'm going to pick OU to win forty two thirty eight. Okay. Okay. And I know I've been picking blowouts recently as of recent, but that's that's just the way I'm feeling. That's the way I roll. <laughs> I I think that um I think that when when you look at Florida, you look at the SEC overall and, and you will I'll go back to the to the tweets that I showed you today by uh Kellen Mund. <laughs> um the SEC it, it was mediocre this year, to be honest with you. I mean it was Alabama and then it was Alabama. <laughs> and, and then you had, I mean, this is the thing about Texas A&M. Let's just go off on them for a second. You don't lose to the number one team and say, okay, well, we only lost to the number one team. You lost by four touchdowns, sir. <laughs> um, you played a week schedule, and you beat Florida, who lost three games this year. So, and then one of those games came against LSU. Uh, LSU. Yeah, so, really bad. You say, yeah, you say, yeah, Florida, you know, held their own against Alabama. That's great. That's all fine. And that's, that's beautiful. But at the same time, he still lost three games. Let's, let's, not, let's not forget that. And you beat them early in the year as well. It wasn't like you guys played. And I think you even mentioned that Texas a and only beat Vanderbilt by five points. So it wasn't like they beat uh, a, a, a great they, – they, they weren't world beaters. I mean, hell, the game against Auburn, I, I, they should have lost that game. Yeah. Both picks can actually do a damn thing with the ball back there. <laughs> and Gus Malzahn has his job still. But, I won't, you know, but um, you know, my thoughts about Florida or whatever, and I'll say it again. Um, the question is that really affects everybody in the SEC is this right here. Did Mac Jones benefit from a weak SEC? And last last week on the podcast, we said, yes, he did. So did Kellen Mullen. 
that Kyle Trask and any of the top quarterbacks in the league this year, did they benefit from a weak SEC? Yes, they did. Because if you think about it, the two Mississippi teams right now are still putting things together because their coaches are phasing players out. Just like you had with Grinch last year. They're phasing players out, getting the players that they want in there that are actually going to fit their systems. If you look at Ole Miss and you look at, um, at Mississippi State, they're probably a quarterback away from stealing a whole bunch of games that they shouldn't win. They have no business playing kid. You look at Vanderbilt, that was a shit show from the, that was a clusterfuck from, uh, from the beginning. If you look at, uh, you look at um, Arkansas. Arkansas is a team on the verge, but still looking for a quarterback or, or looking for some something to take that next step. Now they may lose their all uh, defensive coordinator this year, God forbid. Then you look at Missouri. Okay, next team. Then you look, then you look at uh, uh, who else? Who else is there? South I mean, Carolina. Georgia, yeah, South Carolina. I mean, <laughs> you know, nobody believed in, in Will Muschamp, so go do what you need to do. Um, so, I mean, you start naming off teams like that, and you're just like, you know, for Kellen Mond to sit there and say that those teams could go and run the table in any other league, bro, <laughs> I don't that means you need to be drug tested, not for COVID, but for something, because that doesn't make any sense. Because if you put South Carolina, Missouri, um, uh, uh, Arkansas in the Big 12, they probably are, I mean, they're probably losing to TC. They're probably competing with OU this week. And they're getting blown out by TCU. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's two different styles of ball, baby. It's two different styles of ball. And if you think about it, the past couple of seasons, I mean, hell, uh, you had Kenny Trill going down there and putting Arkansas to sleep. Let's be real now. Let's be real. <laughs> Remember that. Um, but when you look at this game right here, I mean, yeah, I mean, Florida's benefited from, uh, you know, they want to talk about the OU runs the Big 12, but it's a weak Big 12, and the Big 12 is weak. Well, the SEC is weak as well. So it's going to be, you know, show up, show out, and do what you need to do. Um, I think this game's going to come down to the trenches. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what this defense can do. I'm going to get somebody who's going to try to There's going to be guys flying around, and that defensive line is going to get a surge. I, I don't know what Florida's offensive line is. I mean, I've watched them. They're good by time. But at the same time, I think that contrast, you're going to have to, you're going to ask them, like, you have to step up in the pocket. You have to be aware because they will crash. When they come off that edge, purpose is on the other side. If they line up on top of each other, you got to worry about Isaiah Thomas as well. Somebody's going to get there uh, in that backfield. We need you to um, step up and be, uh, be that Heisman candidate that we know you are. So on Florida's side, it's going to come down to him. I, I don't really see them putting up a lot of points in this game because I think that if you look, if you see it, they have Grimes and Kadarius Tony, um, and they have some other solid, solid, uh, you know, wide receivers. Pitts is out. So this is the reason why I compared him to Mason Rudolph, because if you think about it, they're running an offense that is not anything similar to what OSU runs, but it has the same concept. It has the same end goal, which is big plays, big, uh, big scores. 
So I think that, that plays right to OU's um, hands exactly what they want to do. Oh, we'll score with you all day if that's what you want to do. You're going to have to score at least 30 to beat us. You're going to have to score at least 40 points to beat us on the, uh, off the rip. But defensively, if you want to get into that, we can get into that battle if that's what you want to do. And if you give us the ball in the last two minutes, we will win this game because Rattler is not the same quarterback that was throwing interceptions and throwing dumb passes uh, uh, the first two games. I mean, the first two games of the Big Twelve play. He's a different quarterback now. This is a different team. So I mean, that that's how I feel about it, Sam. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, one thing, one little, little uh, I guess, kind of a. I guess the prediction I, I've got for all the game, also besides the, the score and the win, who's winning and everything, um, I think OU's OU's defense is definitely going to make Florida Florida's offense more one dimensional than probably they have been all season. Like, yeah, they are a team that they definitely prefer to pass. You know, he's Trask is, is averaging well over three hundred yards a game. Probably he's he's cracked four hundred multiple multiple times um, passing. But uh, and then, like you said, they do a running back by committee uh, approach, so they don't have any backs that are you know gonna light light someone up for a hundred yards individually. Um, but with OU's defense, you know, there there's the the defense's specialty is to stop the run. They've been doing it all season long, and I mean, it's just been getting stronger. They've been getting stronger and stronger as the season's gone on. I don't see any any reason why that's going to change all of a sudden in this game. That's just nine days away. Uh, yeah, I, I I see them containing that run game, and they're gonna and yeah. So Florida likes to to throw the deep ball. Well, what comes with that also is that you got to let those routes develop as well. And with with how well OU rushes the ball, uh, rushes the passer, especially if you know around the edges and everything. Uh, if he's taking weight, if he's taking a little bit too long, he uh, Kyle Trask. If he's if he starts getting a little too uh, dependent on letting those routes develop like he's going to be seeing number 11 number seven coming you know coming for his for his head you know in, in a second because they're going to win their battles for sure they've been doing it all year they're they're talented it's not it's not a fluke and yeah i just they're going to have to have something for that they're going to and, and i'm sure they will at some point if they're not going to make the adjustment coming into the game they're going to do it probably at some point during the game where they're going to have to have some shorter routes and I don't know if that's going to necessarily play into their their hands because that's not what they want to do they don't want to have too many underneath or like at the line the scrimmage kind of passing and stuff and Trask he's not a mobile quarterback at all like he's I mean he's he's he'll he'll get some yards but I mean there's a lot of games where he finished negative just because of the sack yardage but yeah he he's not good he's not a, a Brock Purdy where he's he can he can take off or he's slippery he, he's not a slippery either so I just I just don't see them really having any success at all running the ball, and I I think that will play into OU's and uh, OU's favor overall. No, I I agree one thousand percent with what you said. Um, Lincoln ha- Lincoln has to call a, a hell of a game, regardless. Yeah. Um. Um. And, and you can't become stagnant. Don't take your foot off the, off the gas. This is a this is a. This is a another moment. This is another opportunity to go out there and show the world, not just the SEC, but show the world like, hey, we're going to be a problem next year. If this game ends the way that I think that it should, this is the same momentum that we took from the uh, from the Auburn game. Yeah, same momentum, same momentum. Um, it's time. It's time. Um, you know, uh, 
<laughs> show up or show you know show up and show out or show up or shut up you know what i'm saying because that's that's the biggest thing man um um do you see let's say over or under two interceptions this game uh for uh for the OU defense yeah man since Trask, he doesn't throw that many i think he's got five on the year but and one of them was just like, what the hell happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was amazing, the LSU. I'll say, I'll say under. I think there's going to be a lot of – we're going to be doing a lot of, ooh, like there's going to be a lot of close ones maybe. But I'll, I'll say under. I think they'll get one. But, um, yeah, if they get if they get two, that's definitely a wrap. Or two, and obviously more than two. Like, then I think, oh, you've got it because uh, – yeah, like that. It just that defense when they that that's really what where they've been thriving as well down the stretch of this season is they've been getting those turnovers finally. Um, I would say over or under uh, as far as just the the point total over or under um a hundred points combined. <laughs> I'll I'll say under, but honestly, I could see it getting around. I could see it getting like high eighties, like for sure. Maybe even ninety. Okay. I'll still say under, but yeah, it's it 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 might be one of the highest scoring bowl games of this bowl season, if not the oh. highest. Like I can see that breaking out, and you know, just like some all hell breaks loose, and <laughs> it's just a fun slash really nerve wracking game in that way. <laughs> all right, how about this right here? Okay, um, last question: over or under ten wins for uh, Texas next year? <laughs> oh man oh yeah oh, that should be easy yeah under I don't even know why I was thinking about it yeah under like I I almost don't even care who comes back even though I'm pretty sure I think Sam Ellinger is actually done I don't, I don't have confirmation on that but I think he's like going to the senior bowl and all that so that should mean he's done Um, but yeah and like not like he was actually like winning them really any games anyways but yeah I'll go under I don't I don't see them getting double digit wins probably for at least another season, but maybe in the next couple. Cause I don't know. I just, if it doesn't work out for them next year, like we pretty much all know that Tom Herman's done. So I don't see the next guy coming in and all, all of a sudden winning 10 plus, like they're going to be right back to their rebuilding mode. And yeah, it's, it's not looking good down there in the 40 acres. Well, uh, my eyes are on Texas now. So, Um, but yeah no you know just to wrap things up man it's 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 great to see it man you love to see it uh took a lot of nickel and diamond diamond to uh to get back to this point man it looked it looked dark it looked dark around (laughs) it looked dark around norman for a while those those, uh, first two big 12 games like you just just were confused as to what the hell was going on? I mean, you're still sitting here kicking your ass saying, hey, if we just lost just, just one game, and maybe if we would have beat K-State, we'd have been all right. We'd have finished our loss. Exactly. If we'd have beat the State and only lost to K-State, or, or how about this? We had two huge leads, man. If we don't blow those, we're in the playoff, man. And probably, we're the- if not number one, definitely number two in the nation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're <laughs> – and you're thinking about just like, God, dog, a missed opportunity, a missed chance, man. You know, I'll leave you people with this. You know, my uncle one time when we were making a state playoff run my junior year, we had a team to go and win state that year. 
And my uncle said, hey, you need to take advantage of this year and go and do it this year. Don't wait till next year. I know you guys are fairly new to this and stuff, but you guys had the best squad. We had the best team, the most athletic team, the best team overall. But you had a bunch of egos on that squad, and we weren't used to winning like that. We were used to winning in grade school and, 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 and junior high, but we weren't used to winning on a high school level like that. So what my uncle said was, you never know. Somebody may get injured. Something may happen. It's just, it's just too much. It's, life is too unpredictable to sit there and try to chance it on next year. And the thing I always took from that was he was right because uh, that next year, one of our key players who was going to be a great player for us, he ended up transferring schools because he wanted to be the man. <laughs> then we had just other egos, different agendas, and all types of stuff that just clouded that squad. We still may state We may state again, but we got beat in the first round again. And the teams that were, came after us actually went on to go and play for the state championship and that was simply because they bought in and, and we did it. So there's no time like tomorrow. So you look at an opportunity like this and you're saying, man, we're sitting here talking about Ramondre and Ronnie Perkins and people like that uh, possibly going to the NFL. You're looking at Charleston Rambo who could potentially transfer, TJ Pleasure who's transferring. It's no time like today. And there were missed opportunities that happened in this season. And you're sitting here saying, man, we missed the playoff on some bull crap. But at the same time, when you look at the season overall, you say, great season. We did what we needed to do. We're one of the hottest teams in America. Win or lose this game, regardless, they're going to win the game. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, uh, job well done. Hats off to these boys for, uh, you know, doing what a lot of people early on didn't think that they can do, which was, you know, beat the hell out of uh, O State and then won a Big 12 championship game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I think it's the party shots, but hey, but hey, you love it. You love it. But um, but nah, I, I'm I'm uh, proud of this team uh, for what it's worth, and uh, I'm excited to see the uh, you know, next year. I'm trying excited to see the progression um with everything that's going. I mean, it's a lot of buzz around with the recruiting class, the possible recruits that could possibly come in. I mean, Seth just. And, you know, these last couple of minutes, I mean, what, what are your thoughts about the season overall? Yeah, I mean, for for as bad as it started and, it, you know, pretty much dashed OU's uh, kind of ultimate goals pretty quickly, I think it, they're definitely ending it on the right note, hot note, uh, going into the next season. Obviously, we got this Florida game, but if it, if it goes how we, we predict it'll go, OU's, OU's, they're setting themselves up. They're going to be they're going to be easily a top five maybe even like a top three, you know, kind of preseason rank coming into next season. Um, I mean, they're just, you know, with all the guys that got coming back, especially we, we, we don't have to – there's not going to be too many areas on the team where you're kind of worried about like any unknowns or possible just lack of depth or quality players. Like it's the, – the time is definitely going to be now. It's – it's it's yeah, 2021 is that year that we want to see that that date somewhere on you know the side of the memorial stadium at some point because it's it, it looks like the planets are aligning for that for you know it's been a long time since so you got <laughs> 2000 it's that's two decades now like i mean and and i think you know even though this year didn't go away it did i think it's definitely we're going to look back maybe on this 2020 season as like the foundational year where like some really big things really started to happen for OU. well 
And this last, you know, three minutes that I'll give myself, I just want to, um, I have a speech that was prepared. Um, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank God for, uh, for this big 12 championship, you know, uh, couldn't have did it without you. Um, I'd like to thank Tom Herman, Mike Gundy, <laughs> um, Mike Wells, <laughs> Les Miles, um, you know, I'd like to, I, I you know, I even like to extend a, a thank you out to the haters, Joey Galloway. Uh, I don't understand what you have against us saying that foolishness that Cincinnati could beat OU. I, I don't get it, but hey, I want to thank you too. Uh, I want to thank Kirk Herbstreet. Uh, I want to thank Lee Corso for picking us on game day. I want to pick, uh, I want to, hey, you know, shout out, shout out to the entire OU nation, to everybody, you know. Uh, shout out to all Stillwater fans, or excuse me, all OSU fans. Shout out to y'all for being haters for life. Um, man, you know, uh, Seth, am I missing anybody, man? If Look, if I'm missing anybody, hey, I'm sorry. You know I love you. Tweet at me. <laughs> let me know. Um, but definitely want to go back and say, you know, thank you to my uh, to Tom Herman for cha- uh, for giving us the momentum to – you know, lunch, you know, to, to, to go crazy this season, you know, it was, it was all dedicated. It was all because of you, man. Um, Mike Gundy, you put it, uh, you gave us a chance to showcase who we are in Norman under the lights. You know, it was, uh, you know, they, they say palace on the prairie, but I call it the malice at the palace part two, <laughs> but, uh, definitely just want to thank you guys for giving us that opportunity to, you know, to flourish and to showcase our talents and everything. And, you know, just thank you, man. You know, Seth, you got anything? No, I don't think that succinctly wraps it up. <laughs> well, this has been a, uh, another episode of the Horns Down podcast with your host, Chris Griffin and Seth Oliveris. Hey, Seth, go ahead and uh, tag yourself and let them know about some of the articles that you've uh, released and what you're working on next. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you can find my work at crimsonandcreammachine.com. Uh, yeah, this week we're. Well, well, at some point, I don't know when, but yeah, at some point, we're definitely going to have a Florida a full on uh, Florida preview, uh, and yeah, we we just we just recently got done with a, a lot of the the signing day kind of uh, festivities, talking to profile a lot of the or all the signees so far, and definitely got you know hoping to get a, a few more, um, but yeah, you can you can so you can find some of my stuff there, and then you can also find uh, my tweets at uh, at Seth Oliveris, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, we're just just trying to end the year right, you know, uh, off in style, and you know, hopefully with a, one more sooner than end. All right. Well, everybody, stay safe out there, and uh, yeah, stay tuned. There's big things for this podcast coming. All right. So yeah, with that being said, we out.